welcome to another exciting edition of the Dr. Funk Podcast. And now, here's your host, Dr. Funkenberry. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. Thank you guys so much for subscribing on iTunes, listening to us on Stitcher, Podway FM, and YouTube. Today, it's going to be a very special tribute episode with the I Wish You Heaven tribute album. We're going to have Niles Gurgis with us, Elisa Fiorillo, Darren Hayes of Savage Garden, and Cassandra O'Neill. Well, right now, please welcome Niall Gurgis and Elisa Fiorillo. Here we are. Here we are. What's up, guys? <laughs> Thank you guys hey. so much for joining us. Well, thank you for helping us out on this because we definitely need to spread the love. Spread the love, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Now, how did this I Wish You Heaven tribute album come to be? Now, let's Not- okay. everyone who, who, who doesn't know, this is a Prince tribute album. It's going to be free, a free download. How did this come to be? Okay. Just to clarify right before, so it's not going to be a download. It's going to be, uh, uh, we're going to be sharing it on YouTube so people can go and they can listen to individual tracks. And, you know, YouTube is like practically the number one destination to listen to, to new music and music in general. So, and we're doing it that way. And, and honestly, we're just calling it a compilation. And what it is, is I feel like, you know, I basically curated, um, uh, a compilation album from a combination of people that I knew, really great friends. And then, uh, you know, Elisa, um, of course, had her input and uh, suggested a couple of people that she knew, like uh, Kevin Page from back in the day. Um, and uh, and we just kind of put our heads together and made this thing happen. So it'll be on YouTube. Uh, the goal is that uh, it's going to be Christmas Day. Um, so it'll be a Christmas present, um, to everyone. And, um, uh, first and foremost, it's our way of, uh, paying respects to Prince because as musicians, uh, that's our way of showing love. That's like our main way of showing love. So this is our way of, this is our way of paying respects to a great artist and a great man. Right. Now it's really cool that you're doing it and there's no money being made off of it. Correct. You're just going to put the link on YouTube and that's that. That's it. Uh, (laughs) Nope. Yeah. We, we basically got an amazing, I don't, I forget the guy's name. Who's mastering. What's his name? His name is Evren Gochner and he's a professional mastering guy. And you know, the thing is, it's so easy in a way to get people to help on a project like this. Cause as soon as you say, Hey man, it's a Prince tribute people jump at the chance because uh, uh, most of us are just kind of like, we needed a way to show, uh, deal with the grief and deal with the loss. So with Everin, I said, Hey, would you, would you be willing, you know, this is a long shot, but would you be willing to, uh, to, to master this, this, all these, all six, all 16 songs. Um, and, uh, and, um, he said, yes, you know, so it was just, it was an amazing thing. And then all the talent basically, you know, got studios, got backgrounds, did everything all on their own out of their own pockets to just be a part of it. Um, and 
picked their favorite song and did it their own way. And what's kind of cool is everybody kind of did a version of his, his songs, but they all sound different, <laughs> definitely different than the way Prince would do them. But from working so closely with him and watching him, his thing was he always loved a great song. So he would do other people's songs too, you know, and even though he said he didn't, he did. <laughs> and he yeah. would take them and he would try to do them better. You know, he would try to, he, he, he challenged himself. And I, and I, when Niall told me about the project and said he was thinking of finishing, you know, what he had started, um, it just all made sense. It made, you know, per perfect sense to go in and just pay tribute and, just love on them and give give something back to the fans for free. You know, nobody's making a profit. Nobody's getting their ego stroked. Nobody's self-promoting. It's all about the love we had for him and the love we have for all those Purple Army fans who just, you know, I every day I turn on my Facebook and there's a new picture of Prince I haven't seen or, you know, people talking about how they still miss him and how they still love him. And it it just felt right to do this. So that's doing it <laughs> hey hey uh hey uh dr funkenberg i actually realized that <laughs> because i went off on a tangent i didn't answer your original question like really how did this come about and the way it came about was um even before prince had passed uh it was like probably two years before i wanted to do a uh a cover album of prince tunes and i wanted to recruit all my friends and uh because i love covers so much i'm like a really fan a big fan of when people take someone else's song and make it their own and and uh and and express themselves through another person's material so i had toyed with the idea and i even made a preliminary list of friends i was going to ask and some of the songs i wanted done and uh, I never got around to doing it. And then, of course, when he passed, um, the idea popped up again. And uh, it took a little while. I called up Elisa and I said, hey, I'm thinking we should do this. What do you think of this idea? Um, and she was like, yes, let's absolutely do it. What songs do you want to start with? What songs should we record? And then, I, you know, I drove out to Vegas. I'm in L.A. and Elisa's in Las Vegas. And I drove out there and we started tracking um the uh sometimes it snows in april and uh, starfish and coffee so that's What's the, my daughter sang the on conception <laughs> of the idea uh, my daughter olivia sang on starfish and coffee and we actually were gonna have her try the lead but <laughs> yeah. she she was like feeling herself a little too much and i was like all right we gotta tame that down <laughs> you can just hear the background uh-oh <laughs> uh -oh. right. now lisa did recording this or helping put it together did it help with your grieving process because you said you still have people hitting you up on facebook talking about how much they miss him are you seeing new photos did this help with the grieving process at all it did it did a little bit i mean i'm still grieving i still every day something hits me or it's, it's even hard to turn on facebook because i i just feel like there's it just doesn't make sense to me that he's gone so soon. And I just, you know, it, it bugs me. It bugs me how he died and how I wasn't there. And I just feel like I wish I would have been there and wish I would have, you know, known what was going on. And it's just, it's, it's, it just, that bugs me. And it, it, it kind of follows me everywhere, you know, bugs me too. 
At least, I guess, with songs like Starfish and Coffee with you and your daughter recording, it brings joyous moments. Hopefully, you don't have so many uh, sad songs. I know that probably doing Sometimes It Snows in April, which you did for this project as well, was extremely hard, wasn't it? Oh, my God. Especially, I had this amazing guitar player here in Vegas. His name's John Wiedemeyer, and uh, he plays with... Uh, uh, the Righteous Brothers here, but such an amazing lyrical guitar player. And he, we did it live. I mean, we've literally recorded the vocal and the guitar part live. Like we did three tracks and we picked the best one and just kind of colored it up. And, and it, but it was magical. It was like I, I felt him in my soul when I sang it. And, and then we, of course, went on to Starfish and Coffee, and we had a blast doing that, because that sounds like Let's Go Crazy. It's it's kind of like a mashup. It's very cool. Um, so it's it's like a little homage, and there's even a little Anastasia in that in Starfish. That we in Starfish, yeah. We threw a little <clears throat> piece of Anastasia out uh, at the end there, but we just changed it to Cynthia, Talk to Me, Ravish Me, Liberate My Mind. Um and Starfish and Coffee, yeah, it's a joyful song. And, and to me, I feel like Starfish and Coffee is like, that's like Prince's Yellow Submarine, you know. Um, and uh, that song means a lot to me. And that was kind of my, my dis, you know, idea to, to, uh, use, to do that song. Um, we ended up, now Lisa's not on the lead vocal on that one. She's on all the background vocals. Yeah, and, I got fired. Uh, what's that? <laughs> I got fired. My ass got fired. <laughs> we got, yeah, you got, you got. That cut. sounded too sweet. Oh well. <laughs> no, we we, we kind of made it. You know, it's like it's like one of those things when you're when you're producing a track and and making decisions. It's like listening to the track after when we were like I don't know seventy five percent done. We thought, you know what? Um, would we? You want to let's try a male vocal. So uh, Elisa was totally cool with us, and I gotta give you some. Uh, some 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 love on that, Elisa, for just being cool and not being, not throwing your ego into it and being like, hell yeah. no, I don't want anybody to cut I me. Was on the, I was on the cutting room floor, <laughs> but not, Niall, but unfortunately, Niall had to do that a lot because people were submitting tracks and you know, <laughs> yeah. he had to calling me up, going, man, I feel so bad. This track this person sent me, it's not like it's not like the rest of the stuff and yeah but let me add to that these are literally friends uh dr funkenberry these are friends i mean i kind of like i i think i lost seriously lost a couple of friends <laughs> <laughs> at least uh, you know there's like this running joke that i'm like down to like one friend on facebook because you know I have to tell these people because I'm, you know, I'm like I said at the top of the uh, at the top here, like I'm curating this project, so, and I have to be very careful because you know Prince, Prince is so great and he's such a perfectionist. I had to have stuff at a certain level go on this, so I def I had close friends that I had to say, hey, you know what? Uh, well, it had to go through at least and I, you know, but, um, you know, I had to say, you know what, it's it's not up to par. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm just not feeling it. And yeah. that happened with a couple of close friends. And then it happened with a couple of a uh, couple of people from overseas that submitted tracks. And they were just I mean, you know, in my opinion, at least they were just not happening and not up to par uh, for the project. So, yeah, it was it was a learning experience. And it was quite a trip, like, you know, telling people that their tracks weren't good enough. All right. 
losing stuff over a Prince connection or a Prince project? No. Yeah. Never heard that before. Yeah. Still living with him out here, without him here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which artist made the cut on this album? Yeah, you okay. you have the list. You tell them. Yeah, we could we can uh, mention some of these songs and. Uh, you can jump in. Anybody wants to jump in and ask any questions, whatever. Okay. So, number one, the title track is I Wish You Heaven, which is the most appropriate title you could have for Prince Tribute uh, tribute compilation, as I like to call it. Um, and that's Darren Hayes from Savage Garden. And he did, he does, he has the most beautiful falsetto. And yeah. then we, uh, it was my idea. I said, hey, he did the track with his piano player. And I said, we should get strings on this, Elisa. So Elisa asked her good friend in Vegas, Zoe Lay, and she very graciously recorded uh, oh, live strings. strings. She she created the arrangement, and it is it is a tearjerker, man. It is a tearjerker. Elisa cried when she heard it. I and cried. So did Darren, actually. Yeah, well, he, he'll let him tell that story. Let's skip over yeah, that. Yeah, Darren will have to tell. Okay, so let's keep going. So, uh, number two, this isn't in, 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 the, in the actual order, but uh, Sometimes It Snows in April, which, Elisa, that's your favorite Prince song, correct? Yep. Yep. So, Elisa did that, that one. Um, and then we have uh, Something in the Water Does Not Compute. You, go, you guys are going to have Cassandra on later. And she does a crazy cool version. She's going to have to tell you the story that Prince, uh, what Prince used to tell her about her her version on piano, mm-hmm. um, and then we uh, we have Seventeen Days by a really good friend of mine named Wes Styles, and he did uh, he kind of did a version um, that's pretty almost disco influenced or heavy disco influenced, like like the song was originally recorded in like seventy seven or something. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have Starfish and Coffee, which I'm the producer on, and then we have. Uh, Brandon Rogers, Alex Al, who was Michael Jackson, Paul Simon, bass player. He graciously played on it. We have an organ solo by Cat Gray. Uh, then um, we got the next track is I Feel For You, and that was done on Talkbox and Vocorder. So it's a really kind of trippy, different, slowed down. It's a slowed down version, really funky and cool. Um, now we got Little Red Corvette by Evil Maria. They did like a power pop. Uh, rock version of it, which is really cool. Then we have Bambi by uh, another close friend of ours named Pocket Honore um, that Elisa and I have known for the for 30 years now. Um, and he did a metal uh, full-on, like, modern metal version of Bambi. We have uh, I Would Die For You by uh, a band out of England called Wolf and Cub that I originally saw them do the song on a radio show on YouTube and it was live, and it was just so cool. So they got that one. So that's our overseas. That's our overseas guest. Um, then we have seven 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 ninety three eleven by my friend uh, Tiki Pasillas, who's a great percussion player, vocalist. And then we have um, on that seven 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 track, we have a featured trumpet solo by Arturo Sandoval. Now. <laughs> Arturo Sandoval is a kind of, he's a legendary trumpet player, like a seven-time Grammy award winner. Um, and he agreed to play a solo on this thing, which is like pretty that's amazing. Great. That's pretty cool. And then we have Nothing Compares to You, um, 
with with a little bit of the Venus de Milo melodies thrown in at the top and at the end. It's really beautiful, powerful. Alisa, that's your buddy. You want to tell my buddy Kevin. Kevin, yeah, Kevin Page. I worked with him on Chrysalis. He was signed when I was signed back in the eighties and nineties. And I, my very first visit to Paisley Park before I met Prince, I had gone to the studio with Kevin. And Kevin walked in there and he was like, oh, my God, we're at Paisley Park. Oh, my God. And he was looking at Prince's guitars and going, can I take a picture? And I'm like, no, don't embarrass me. <laughs> so and we didn't even and he stayed there for like a week and Prince never came out. So it was like he was in hiding and he left. And as soon as he left, that's when I finally got to meet Prince. <laughs> so Kevin is a huge Prince fan. So when when Niall said, do you know anybody that was a huge Prince fan that would be good at a track? I said, oh, my God, I got to call Kevin Page. He immediately said yes. And he also mixed Sometimes It Snows in April for us because Niall had his hands full. So and he did added that. cello. And added cello. Beautiful. So, yeah, Kevin Kevin and his wife, Bethany, killed Nothing Compares to You. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty like amazing. a pop radio hit. It's so freaking good. Yeah. Oh, said freaking. Prince would snap. And, and then the, money the next out of one. Oh, <laughs> sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. I'm trying to get. Th- yeah, I'm trying to get through this list. Uh, like, like, like. Yeah, go high, ahead. Fire here. So the next one is your friend again. Also, um, Elisa. This was. Uh, he did Kiss, and it's a bossa nova version of Kiss. So if you think of a groove like, uh, like the Bee Gees, "How Deep Is Your Love." But it's it's Kiss, and it is the most so unique, cool, cool version. Um, cool. And we so we call it Kiss Anova, and that's your. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't know you were gonna do that. <laughs> oh yeah, it's called it's called Kiss Anova, and I, I suggested that to to John, and he was he loved it. So that's your friend, Elisa John Acosta, and you can you can tell. He's a, he just, he lives out in Vegas and he's in a band called Bee Gees Gold and he's, he's a Barry Gibb (laughs) most of the time, but on his own, he's a great guitar player, great, great singer, great singer. So I had him join us and he's amazing. Yeah. Nice guy, man. So, and then, um, and then we're coming, we're closing in on the end here. So then we have a set, we have another version of nothing compares to you. Which is kind of a crazy story that ha- how it happened. It's it's long and it's funny, but it happened and it's actually really cool because I told Elisa, I said, "Hey, we're gonna have both versions on this compilation." And what it, what it does is it really drives the point home that a great song is a great song, no matter how you slice it. And the, they do they do such different versions, like stylistically. But yeah. the song translates either way because at the end of the day, a great song is about a great melody and a great, and, lyric. And a, and a great lyric. And of course, everything else underneath it is, is, is important too. But those are the main things that make a great song. So we have two versions of the same song and they're both like ridiculously cool. Um, and then the next one we have is Take Me What's With You. What's their names? You didn't say their names. Oh, okay. Bullfish. Bullfish. Oh, Sorry, Bullfish. bullfish. Which is a great friend of mine. Her name is Barbara Paul and her husband, uh, uh, Joe Bull. Which is interesting about both Nothing Compares, Nothing Compared to You covers. They're both done by married couples, which is interesting how that all happened. But yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, and they're talking about, you know, <laughs> lost, lost love and all that crazy stuff. But 
So, um, yes, they did a great version. Next one was Take Me With You, um, and that was Joe Normal and the Anytowners. And that's another friend of mine who has uh, been around for a long time in the, on the L.A. music scene, um, had bands that were signed back in the late 80s and worked with, uh, I think, David Bowie's, one of David Bowie's producers. Anyway, he did Take Me With You and did like a power pop, kind of 60s influenced power pop version. That's of one that sounds like Bob Dylan sometimes. Hmm. Yeah, Lisa was saying her, because <laughs> Lisa... Elisa just heard all the the, the pre-mastered versions like like only a week ago, so she was giving me some of her um, she was giving me her take on them, you know. Uh, and she said that one had a little Dylan esque um, thing to the vocals, which which is true, which is actually true. And I know he's influenced by Dylan a lot. Um, and then we have number fifteen. We have Let's Go Crazy, and that's a friend of mine named Craig Randolph. The group he put together is called the Ragtop Rebels, and they do a full-on rockabilly version of Let's Go Crazy. It's real, right? Alisa, you just heard it, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely cool. You were saying it's kind of Brian Setzer-ish. Brian Setzer, kind of, yeah. It's different. Um, Everybody's going to be like, wow, that's a different way to look at Prince's songs. <laughs> yeah, and even in the intro, they did something really clever in the intro, which, you know, the dearly beloved kind of thing may... They kind of flipped that and they were talking about Prince basically being in heaven and he's where he is where he described in 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 his intro, which, you know, there's there's only, you know, there's only day, you know, um, and it's really cool how they did the intro. Um, and then uh, last but not least is she's always in my hair. And that was my friend, Jarrah Harris. He's from a Orange County band called funk band called Slapback. They used to be on Warner Brothers Records on in um, what was it ninety? It was the early early mid nineties, mm-hmm. um, and uh, really talented guy. And his uh, a quick story about that song is we had to salvage the MP3 mix. He had had a really good clean MP3 mix that he had sent me while he was in progress of making the track. He hadn't finished it yet, and before he was able to finish the track. The loft studio that uh, he and his wife had occupied literally burned down last week, and they lost everything. They lost everything. All his computers melted, melted his instruments, everything. And when I hit him up to like just tell him, "Hey, man, I'm I'm, I'm sorry about what happened, and it's it's a real bummer," he uh, he was like, "Oh, sorry." All he could do was apologize that he never got me to finish track. But I said we kind of put our heads together and I said, well, what about that MP3 you had sent me? And it was a really clean mix. And of course, if you're a real engineer and a real audiophile, you don't want to have a finished track built on an MP3, but it did sound really good. And, um, literally it was, it was, you know, it went, it saved, it it was like, it was like the thing that was saved from the fire, you know? Um, and it, it came out really cool. It's super funky. He's playing all the instruments. And this guy's like super funky. So, um, and it's a lot like the original, but with a different, you know, different vocal. And it's more live. Like Prince's version of She's Always in My Hair is a drum machine. And, uh, and on this one, it's live drums um, and things like that. So, yeah, that's, that's the rundown. That's Sorry. The for- <laughs> that's okay. And then we're probably going to end it like the, um, the last song would probably in the order it's definitely going to be starfish and coffee at the end yeah and the reason 
is at the very end of the song when the school bell rings, uh, I had a recording that I found in my cassette tapes of a message that Prince left me once in the 90s when he was in Japan. He had called me uh, to see if I was going to be in L.A. when he was coming back. And so I didn't answer the phone. I wasn't home. So I had my answering machine because we had answering machines those (laughs) days. And I had this message on my answering machine. And I don't know what possessed me to to, you know, record the answering machine tape, but I did and I saved it all these years and I found it. So the very end of the record or the, not the record, but it's the end of the, the compilation, whatever it is, is. we didn't want to get all into the fights of the errors and everything else to put this thing out. So we just, we don't want to piss off Taika, Taika, (laughs) (laughs) Taika, don't, Taika, Don't we're get cool, mad right? now. We're just doing this out of love. Nobody's getting paid, so just chill. But you know what? As a matter of fact, let me let me say a quick thing. If what? anyone does get paid off of this, it's going to be Prince's estate. And I just want to put that out there because what happens is on YouTube, when you do a cover song, YouTube's algorithms and or Google's algorithms and all that stuff, they they figure they figure out that it's a cover song and then they uh, basically pay streaming royalties to the publisher. And that's why there are so many covers on, on YouTube. And that's why it's not a big deal to upload a cover because so if anyone stands to make any money, it's going to be streaming royalties to the estate. So, so, um, hopefully, hopefully uh, we're we're in the clear. (laughs) Hey, Elisa, you never pissed off Tyke or anything. (laughs) No, she likes me. I hope I I don't think I said anything. Um, but yeah, no. So at the end of the thing, it, he goes, he goes, mushy, mushy. And he goes, hello, hello. And then he hits the phone on the table and it's like, boom, boom, boom. And then he goes, goodbye. So I was like, that's how we're ending this. <laughs> Cause it'll be yeah. his voice and it's special, you know? So I had to put that in there. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool. Now. Niall, before I let you go, we're going to bring in Cassandra. Was there anything else you wanted to wind out? I knew you were wanting to talk about Aisha Staggers, correct? Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for, for reminding me to do that. Um, Aisha Staggers is a uh, journalist and also a part-time professor, I think at NYU, um, teaching journalism and stuff like uh, related to that topic. But anyway, she's she's been she basically contacted me on Facebook when she first saw this project being launched. She loved the tie, the name and um, she I guess she felt the vibe that it was coming from good intentions and she offered to help. And I said, well, how would you like to help? And she said, well, any way that I can, we would you know, we all brainstormed together. And she wrote a Huffington Post article and she's going to write another Huffington Post article now that we're about to release this thing and um she's just been super super cool man she's a crazy big prince fan and uh she's just um she's been like just super helpful and again uh here's another professional who could spend her time doing other things that are probably that would probably generate her much more you know money um to feed her family but she took the time um 
many times now she's taken the time out of her schedule to help out or to have conversations with me about different things related to it. So definitely thank you very much, Aisha. And thank um, you, Aisha. Cool. Yep. yep. That's so, yeah, I just wanted to, uh, mention her there. No problem. And is anyone else we're forgetting? Um, I know you wanted to shout out all the artists. I know you just did a run through of who's on the project. <laughs> Yes, that was. I wish I could have made it. That was as quick as I could make it, man. There's 16 <laughs> tracks on here, but but everyone just deserves so much credit for. I mean, some people went into the studio and just like spent. I I know some people spent money out of pocket. Um, uh, not to mention just all the time and the expertise that goes into to making just one track, you know. And um, thanks to all the artists and um, thanks to like you know you for taking the time to do this and and yes. and you also helped me with my personal project at one point dr funkenberry so just being a supporter of artists and stuff i appreciate that too my pleasure all right niall well thank you so much for okay. joining us we're gonna keep elisa on we're gonna play a little bit of something in the water does not compute featuring cassandra o'neill and bring her on but niall thank you so much for joining us okay yeah thank you bye elisa and i'll bye, talk niall. to you guys later Okay. Okay, peace.
smile Why must a fella stop with me before he starts? Oh, don't compute, Papa Something's wrong with you I buy your clothing Buy your fancy cars But you gotta talk to me, baby Tell me who you really are Must be something that the boy was Something in the Water Does Not Compute by the wonderful and talented Cassandra O'Neill from the I Wish You Heaven compilation album that's out. We have Cassandra O'Neill with us right now and Elisa as well. Hey, Cassandra, how you doing? Hey, hey, I'm doing well. And you? Doing great. It's nice to have you on. And Thank you. So how was recording this version of this song that you performed many great times? <laughs> How was it recording on you? <laughs> um, so much fun. So much fun. Um, I kind of toiled with what to do when she asked me. And then I thought about it. I said, you know what? Let me do something in the water. You know, it's easy. Well, I thought it was going to be easy because <laughs> it's something that I have been familiar with. And um, then when I really thought about it and was thinking about the arrangement, I'm like, wait a minute. He sang, and I'm going to do it in the same key that he's doing it in. And everybody was like, well, change the key. And I'm like, no, it's not going to be the same. So then it was the, you know, the semantics of how to sing it and how to make it my own without, um, without what I call raping it, <laughs> you know, um, taking the innocence away from it and taking what it is that he, you know, what we had created when we, uh, when we did it as a duet. So, um, you know, and I told Elisa, you know, from vocalist to vocalist, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to church this out. I don't want to, you know, do a whole bunch of cute little, you know, runny runs and let that be the focal point. I really want the song to kind of, you know, to, to sing itself. And that's exactly what it did. So, yeah. And can I say when I heard the version that Cassie did, I literally cried. Because it was so beautiful. Oh. And I'm to cry now. Because it, oh. I mean, vocally, it was beautiful. Her piano playing was beautiful. And in in it, you put in him talking, right? You, at like mm -hmm. a, Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then it, that hit me. I was like, oh, man, she, she put that in there. <laughs> she going, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah. Real, yeah. And so many times, like I said, I'd see you do amazing versions of the song with Prince and always took on a life of its own. Now, mm -hmm. the, the, the silly question would be like, of course, you know, you were aware of the song and then you were doing it and you made it your own song, even though you were performing mm -hmm. it with him. Like, 
how did mm-hmm. that feel? Like that was basically sometimes at, at, at the shows that was like, this is Cassie's moment. How would it feel to be doing that with him and share that moment with him? Well, well, what's, What's funny about that is it is technically it wasn't my moment because I was as a piano player, I was imitating what he would do when he would play it for himself, you know? And so his whole thing was, we don't play alike, but I want the same flavor. I want what you would do if you were trying to not necessarily be me, but you know, just take it, you know, just let this be a template for you. And so it was like, okay, wow. You know, the one, the one time that I get to be myself <laughs> in the show, um, you know, cause we were, our, our roles were pretty much clones of him, which it, you know, he's a great person to clone, but, um, you know, he, he allowed me to be me at certain points, you know, whenever you soloed, it was, that was you. Right any other time it was what he told you to play or what he wanted to hear. So, you know, so it was, it was my moment, but I never looked at it that way. I looked at it as always being about him and always being his moment that I got to share in. That's how I looked at it. And it was always like, for me, there were moments where he would have me play it on his piano. And there was sometimes where I would play it from my rig. Whenever I played it on his piano, he would sit next to me and his back would be to my shoulder. And that made me even more nervous because I'm just like, he's sitting right next to me. To me. You know, <laughs> even after years of being around him and sitting next to him and talking to him and smacking dap with him and hugging him. He always that moment was always the most nerve wracking for me because it was just like he's sitting right, right there. Yeah. But you, you know, know what? As, and this is a, like yeah, just good. as a witness being in the backgrounds, like standing mm-hmm. behind you and seeing. Mm-hmm. I swear that man had so much respect for you, like. He was blown oh. away by your talent. And I'm serious. Like, he entrusted so much in you. Like, even when it came time to do vocals, you knew all the parts. You knew all the harmonies. You were the one teaching us. You were, like, yeah. music director extraordinaire, really. You know? Oh. And he really trusted you like that. And it, it was beautiful to watch from, you know, you know, well, you were in it. So it was nerve wracking, but I was sitting there going, man, that's cool that Prince is looking up to her. Like I really saw that. So. Wow. Thank you, Elisa. That means a lot. Well, it's true. Um, again, <laughs> never, you don't think about these things when you're in it. You know, you don't think about this stuff when it's going on, but when someone has gone and you reflect on, you know, what, what has gone down, the memories you shared, the good times, the bad times, you know, all the, the moments where we didn't know what was happening, <laughs> you know, in proper Prince fashion. <laughs> when the so, time, or the times where he'd say, write it down. You know, those, are, those are the moments that keep me going. What now? I said the times that he'd tell us to write it down and, you know, like, remember it. And then, right, and we then did, he would, and he, he changed it. he changed it. <laughs> and, and everybody would be, yeah. like, looking around going, no, wait a minute now. Right. You, that you was an edit. That. And that was what <laughs> I have written. And right. I had to squeeze my hand a couple times and say, um, no, you told us this. Because <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get mad at me. That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, we we actually our our frustrations were private. We never took it out on him when he was there. You know, you never did that. You just kind of took it. You smiled, and and it's like okay. You know, you learn one thing. I've learned about being uh, in his. Band that I, I learned it before, but I had to exercise it uh, being in his band was think it and don't say it. You know, that was the main thing is think it and don't say it. And patience. He really develops your patience muscles because anybody that ever, you know, the stuff that he had us playing and singing and then changing it. And then you go back to your room and you learn it. And you're absorbing it and you're sleeping to it and you're listening to it while you're putting on your clothes and putting on your makeup or whatever. And you go the next day just to have him change it all over <laughs> something completely different. It's just like, you little. <laughs> I can just you know. I'm doing that more than one time. <laughs> yeah and and but you loved him for it because one thing about it for me i always looked at it as if i can do this gig i can do anybody's gig if i can get if i can if i can endorse seven years of this then it, there is nothing that anyone could ever say to me that hasn't been said to me in my 25 years of doing this including the seven years of being with him so you know i'm like bring it very true. Long, man, whatever. You know, that's, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of where it is for me now. Both of you. <laughs> I mean, after playing with him, it's like anything else doesn't seem like a challenge at all. And right. That, I, that's what I feel, too. Like, it, that, that's what I think hurts in my gut. It's like, wow, the, the challenge is gone. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm trying to rise above and, and not, you know, think about it, but it's is hard. Is it a challenge or is it not knowing where you're going to be less than 48 hours where you're supposed to perform. Oh, that. <laughs> Sometimes I know you do that, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember those days. I, I remember when I first yeah. Band, yeah, it was a little poodle going, I need to know where I'm going. I need to know. I have to tell my daughter. I got to, you know, and everybody's like, calm down and don't ask questions. Just do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That was so, it's, it's so funny that you say that because when I got in the band, when I accepted the, the go ahead to come to, um, to Paisley, I, I talked to Kat and Rhonda and Sheila and all of them said the exact same thing. Play to get you when you solo and just play it. Don't ask questions. Just play. Don't get mad. Just play. If, you know, even if it's something that they don't agree with, it's not your music. He knows what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? And one thing about him that really was like the coolest was he knew that he forgot stuff. He knew it. And even the stuff that he, you know, he would write like from back in the day, you know, different parts. And I would ask him to, um, well, what about this part? And he'd say, oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so he knew, he knew, you know, that he didn't remember everything. And he, that's the thing that he liked about me is that I walked in to his organization, knowing the instrumentation, knowing how to play it, knowing how it went from top to bottom. You know, and he would always, you know, he would reference me a lot. Like, Cassie, what key is such and such and such in? 
Right. And, like that's what I'm saying. Songs. You were like the you were like the Prince Music Encyclopedia to him. You were. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, I, I pride myself in that because I I've been I was a fan before I became a band member, and so I had you know I'm a band member and a fan. Like how many. You know, you don't get to do that a lot. You don't get to play for people that you really that have you know invested no unknowingly into what it is that you do. You know what I'm saying? You know, I would put print songs. I would sneak print songs into gospel songs all the time. You know, open mics were my favorite because nobody knew obscure stuff of his or of anybody else's for that matter, except for me. So, you know, that was the that was the cool part about it. And I'm just glad that I could, you know, be of service to someone so great and have him pour into me in so many different ways, spiritually, musically, um, you know, and just emotionally. You know, you don't get that. That's you don't pay for that. (laughs) That's just that's a gift from God. And I'm very happy that. now curious and the question is for both of you was there any songs from his catalog that you guys never did and but wanted to do with yeah do you lie get off (laughs) i do i love that song uh any anything from the first three records um like that wasn't hits like my love is forever crazy you um um international lover all the really musical cool stuff um parade um uh what was the other one life can be so nice Mm. that stuff i wanted to play that (laughs) and when we didn't it was just like Okay, so I would just sneak it in during like sound checks, you know, when he would have me play, um, like check his piano, I would play an innocent man, which is I didn't know was an innocent man until he told me the name of it, that um, the piece that he's playing in the beginning of Under the Cherry Moon when um, uh, Tricky is throwing the the notes at him. An honest man. Yeah, an honest man. That's it. An honest man. I didn't know that that's what that was called. Yeah. And he one day, remember that show, Elisa, when we were in, I think we were in Australia and the, the circumstances were, were, were very. Um, and um, we were asked to do a after show in the midst of us partying on our last, we were having an end of the tour party. It was everybody. It was the, the, the uh, crew and the band. Right. And everybody was, you know, we was getting turned up. We was getting lit. And um <laughs> we, Even me? we go to this little hole in the wall. Yeah, Lisa, you were done. You were done, my dear. You were uh, so that done. Damn Grand Marnier, that was Shelby and Liv always did that to me. Oh yes. And so we're at this spot and Prince goes, An honest man, come on, now, right now. I'm like, An honest man, what song is that? He's like, how's Matt play it? I'm like, I don't know that song. He's like, yes, you do. You play it every day on my piano. What play it? It's in the key of C. Come on, come on, right now. I'm like, oh, that song. And the piano was so horrible. I mean, it was like this old beat up piano that was so freaking out of tune. The the um the damper pedal didn't work. It was just the worst. I mean, it was yeah. 
I, I could have sworn I was like back in the 1950s or something because it was that bad. It was that out of tune. But um, those are the obscure ones like um, Blue Guitar, the one that he did with Miles Davis. Anything really, really musical. I hate you. I wanted to play that. And we never played it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, Lisa, yeah. you want to add to your answer of get off or? Uh, <laughs> get off. <laughs> I want to be your lover. I want to be your lover. I always wanted to do that. Um, we did it. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. You know what? Okay, so you know what? This is what it is. He would have us practice a lot of that stuff, and uh, we never did. But live. Well, we practiced it though, because I have it on. Yeah, we have it. We we did it, but we never performed it live. We would rehearse it. Like, um, what's the one that I did with those uh, with the students at Columbia? Um, in a dark room with no light. No, we yeah, practiced we that a couple of times, and we never did it. Right. Never, never did it. And so uh, when I went to Columbia to do that residency, I told those kids, I said, you guys are actually doing something pretty monumental right now. I said, because we as a band never performed this live and yeah. performing this live for the first and they just ate it up. Those kids, they just, oh man, they played the heck out of it. Um, did you get a chance to see that? Um, Funky Bear? Yes. Did you see that? Oh, I did. Which which show is this again? The one with Columbia, you're saying? Yeah, Columbia College. I, I did a couple of things with them, a couple of print songs with them, and those kids, when I tell you, well, I'll call them young adults. They killed it. They killed. I was just like, people were, you know, after I posted it, people were saying, you know, Prince would be smiling right now. You're yeah. doing his soul so good. You know, because that's what he wanted. Is he, he wanted to play his stuff. He loved to teach. He loved to teach. And he told us so many times, after this is over, you guys need to be teaching. And so I uh, I took that literally. And, and, you know, I'm actually getting ready to graduate next semester. <laughs> From the New School of Jazz and Contemporary Music with my degree in... Um, uh, my bachelor's in in vocal jazz performance, and I actually have a couple of teaching jobs on the table. So we're gonna pray, and um, <laughs> and so yeah, so that's what this is about now. That's what my life is. It's a, it's teaching, teaching, and spreading the word, and uh, doing it in a fashion where it honors him. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to cash in. I mean, you know, we all get paid for what we do, but that's not the main reason why I'm doing this, you know, is to spread the word and to keep that man's music alive. Even if it's just, you know, playing it, you know, teaching it to one student so that they can get better. You know, that's, that's what it's about. And I appreciate you, Cassie, for being uh, an NPG member and contributing to this project because uh, it definitely you. means the world to me that you're in it and you're on it. And I appreciate you with the kids and teaching them his music and not just the hit stuff. That's always a good thing. Yes. Right. Right. That's what I was going to say because the, you know, they could always with YouTube, you know, that stuff is, is, is readily available. It's the other stuff that I always felt was genius you know, he, he knew what he was doing with the songs that he released. He knew what the public was going to like. 
And then what he would do is he would put more musical and deeper stuff on those records to pull you in. You know, you already got you with the hits. Now it's now hear what I really do, you know, hear the other stuff that I can do, you know, and that's, that was what made him so great is he was so many things. He rock and roll you, he jazz you, he funk you. And then he put some gospel in there, you know, and, and let you know that he, you know, that he's, you know, definitely connected to a higher power. So, you know, it was always, you know, being able to take your pick on what you wanted from him and he gave it to you and he gave it to you so raw and just so genius. That man was genius, man. Just genius. Yeah. Yeah, he was. And I'm just glad that he had women like you around him, talented musicians and singers that just got it. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. There be some people that don't understand the opportunities that they have or were given and didn't last long or whatever, but I'm glad that you two were and were able to be a part of that for so long. You know, and I mm-hmm. appreciate it as well. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> yes, definitely. I don't think that my career could have taken a better um and of course you know we look back and you know there i have pictures of him all over my my condo and i look at him and i'm like dude why you got to do this now but then i think you know that all things happen for a reason you know what i'm saying and you know that you know death is something that we all got to do at some point um but you know the the creator you know the creator knows what we need and when we need it and why we need it and um you know i just look at it as a different phase of my life right now so yeah is there anything that you were wanting to add in closing casting and i'd love to have you on again at more more length to talk about other projects that you have going on and um the past, but is there anything that you were wanting to add right now that we may not have talked about and you'd like to share? Um, yeah, I, I just want to say that, um, you know, this man has done so much for so many people and it's really easy for the fans to, to kind of bunch us all in one thing based on the actions of other people that have been associated with them and everyone grieves differently. Um, and I just want to, you know, just kind of encourage everyone to, you know, keep honoring him in whichever way that that is, um, you know, through his music, through his videos, um, you know, saying stuff about him on, on Facebook, but just remember what the core of his message was love and peace. And, you know, the mudslinging that's been going on, it ain't cool. I'm not going to mention names at all. We all know what's going on. But, you know, the thing of it is, is I have had respect and I still do respect for everyone that had come before me in his organization, because if there were no revolution, there would be no MPG. And, yeah, I said it. You know what I'm saying? There would there would be no MPG at all if it wasn't and for the revolution. And there's many versions of MPG. <laughs> right. And there's many versions of it. And, you know, but that doesn't mean that we were any less of a family, the versions that he had. Right. Um, you know, and so I just think that in the spirit of what he stood for, and, and we don't have to kumbaya. I mean, we all live in different places and we don't see 
each other like that. But I just really would love it if we could all, it would be wonderful if we could all come together and play together. It would be a wonderful thing. Um, you know, but hopefully that day will happen. But if, even if it doesn't, I'm just saying for me, Cassandra O'Neill, I love and respect everyone that has ever done anything with him because nine times out of 10, I have it. I have archives. I have cassettes. I have CDs of, of all the pro days that he did from vanity to Apollonia to Jesse Johnson, to the time to Ingrid to Jill Jones, all that. I have it and could play it for you on the piano if I needed to. But I'm saying that that's, that's just, that's you know, it's just media. <laughs> right. But I'm just saying we, you know, it, it, it we got to think about, we have to think about what our brother stood for, which was love, peace and music and unity. And, and, and yeah, and spirituality and all of that. And so while we're, you know, trying to get paid, which we all need to do, y'all got to eat. Let's try to have a little bit of integrity. That's all I ask. Amen. Yes. This reminds me of the early 90s rap song we had to put together. We're all in the same gang. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I remember that one too. Um, we all in the same game. Yeah, I remember that. Well, she knows everything. This woman is like, she, we used to call her octopus hands because she would play like 13 <laughs> keyboards at once. And sing and dance. <laughs> and sing and dance. <laughs> uh, I remember you'd be like, and I have to dance too? Do you right. know I have to play? <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you so much for joining us again. Like I said, thank you. Upcoming project or whatnot. I want to talk to you more at length. Um, I appreciate you so much. So thanks again for being with us. And thank you, Dr. Funkenberry. You know, you are, you are, we love you, man. You, you are part of the family too. So yeah, you've, you've been a part of the family. <laughs> That's what's up. And as we let Cassie go, we're going to play a little bit of, I wish you heaven from Darren Hayes. We'll bring him in. But again, thank you, Cassie. So much for joining. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Cassie. Love you. Love you too, girl. Doubts of our conviction Follow where we go And where the world's compassion Sees it still unknown And for your Touch Thank you so much oh, oh. And for your every kiss I, I wish you love I wish you heaven I wish you heaven If I see you Oh
and that was I Wish You Heaven that we just played by Darren Hayes, who is formerly of the hit group from the 90s, Savage Garden, that had multiple hits, two number one hits. But here is Darren Hayes of Savage Garden with us, along with Elisa. Hey, Darren, how you doing, man? I'm so good. I'm really happy to be on the show. I'm a big fan. Thank you so much. And I know that you're a tremendously big fan of Prince and always have been. How did that come about? Was it just his music spoke to you or just? Yeah, I mean, you you know, what's funny is um, so I'm 46 years of age. I was born in 1972. So in Australia, where I grew up, um, 1982, 83, 84, 85, 86, they were the years that made me want to be a musician. And so I came into Prince at the end of the Purple Rain period. So, yeah, I remember just seeing him at the uh, the Grammys and just thinking, who is this dude, you know? And then I got the first uh, Walkman that I ever had. Uh, my mom bought me Purple Rain, and that changed my life forever because just listening to the studio production in headphones, in stereo, and really listening to his vocal arrangements. And uh, it was so alien to me from everything that I'd listened to before. But I really became a huge fan um, after that record. So it was um, Parade, uh, Sign of the Times was probably one of my favorite Prince albums ever, Love Sexy. So all the the stuff post-revolution uh was the stuff that really really caught my ear Hmm. interesting on that what made you choose is it because of you being such a big fan of love sexy that you chose i wish you heaven to be the song that you wanted to record for the project it's just always been one of my favorite songs of all time period like period it's just one of the to me i put it up there with uh i just can't help falling in love elvis presley or with or without you by you two it's just I think it's really hard to make a love song uh, sincere. I think we all sing about love, but there's something heavenly about about that song. I think the first time I heard it, it's funny, his guitar on that song reminded me of uh, Lindsey Buckingham from Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there's some real kind of um, – there's something about the way he plays the, the sort of guitar refrains in there. To this day, I've never really been able to work out the vocal arrangement. <laughs> Some of the intervals, I have no idea. I mean, I'm sure Elisa could, could teach. Uh, he, his, his vocal arrangements were crazy. And I, when I walked into the band and Shelby and Liv were in there and I walked in, he goes, she plays piano. She knows how to, you know, hear these intricate harmonies. I'm so glad now we can do the cool harmonies. And I'm like, Oh, great. <laughs> now he's like going to test me. Ah, but his, his, when he'd do stuff in the studio and stack harmonies, it was, it was alien. It was totally alien. I learned so much from that man. And, uh, when Darren did this, his version of this song and I had heard him do this version a while back, it was on a, a YouTube, right? That's, it was, it was up there for a minute until Prince took it down. Prince took it down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Even Niall like brought it up. He goes, the title of the album is I Wish You Heaven. I wish Darren would be able to, you know, could be able to, to record it for us. And I said, well, I'll ask. Like, I was scared. I was like, is he going to say no? And oh, I could not believe how quick he was like, yes, I want to do it. <laughs> Listen, first of all, 
you know, if everyone doesn't know, Elisa Fiorello is, or Elisa Deese now, I can't believe you got married to someone else other than me, <laughs> uh, is literally, sorry, is literally one of the best singers in, in the world. And um, I was so honored to sing with her because Elisa was on tour. Um, obviously, I knew Elisa's music from, from growing up, but I never really made the Prince connection. Um, and then Elisa was singing. I don't think I told you this, Elisa, but I knew exactly who you were when I saw you on tour with the, with another artist. Yeah, with Billy Myers. And I was just like, oh my god! Like, I cannot believe that's Elisa. And, <laughs> and we were so like, because I wanted to sing with her and I wanted to come and join our band. And I just, I, I didn't didn't know if you'd say yes or no. But to this day. Elisa, your pitch is the most perfect pitch I've ever had the, the pleasure to sing with. Oh, Having wow. you arrange vocals and stuff for our, our live tours was just a heavenly experience. And my favorite ever touring experience has, has been with you. So, um, you're the best. <laughs> it's, it was an amazing thing for Elisa to call me up and be like, because I don't even think you knew, Elisa, how much of a big Prince fan I was. I really didn't. I mean, I kind of knew. Because you knew who I was through loving Prince, but I didn't really know like the extent of it. So yeah, huge, huge fan. And it's funny because when Elisa, I'm not, I'm not a star effer, right? I just never have been. I'm very, very terrible at, you know. I just assume no one will ever know anything about me or my music or anything. And when uh, Elisa joined the NPG, I was. I was just like, I can't believe I know somebody, not only who has worked with Prince and had Prince produce her records, but she's now with Prince like every day on tour. <laughs> um, and it's just been, it's just been so lovely. That whole relationship, it was such a, a wonderful full circle moment to witness as a friend of Elisa's and as a fan of both of them. Um, I, it definitely makes me feel like, you know, he and the universe had a plan because for, for you guys to reunite and make some of the best music of his career uh, before he passed up, it was just wonderful. Yeah. Did you hear that last album that he did that we got to sing on? Um, I'll have to get I'll have to get you a copy of it. The, the one with um, Big City and uh, Black Muse and uh, uh, Extra Lovable. Oh, my yes. God. Extra Lovable. Is yeah. seriously phase one, phase two, hit and run phase two. Yeah, and yeah it's incredible. So incredibly cool. <laughs> I think my favorite Prince song of the last few years was the breakdown. Oh um, yeah, wow. yeah, wow. His vocals on that. Who can try and do that nowadays? <laughs> too many. No, you know, some of Prince's highest ever vocals, strongest vocals, were on. Uh, the most beautiful girl in the world. Mm. And that song is really why those Savage Garden songs were written because I heard that song and I thought I want to make a love song that, that is that pure. And um, I'm such a nerd that I know that there are two versions of this. So there was the single mix, which was still my favorite. And then on the album, Prince sort of extended it and was a bit jazzier and there were little things, but like sound effects, but his, um, his vocal at the end, I'm not even going to try to do it, but I used to, that was my test of my falsetto. And, uh, so I can't hit, he says, you, you must be the most beautiful 
uh, and then he hits a note that I literally can't hit. And my falsetto is banging, and I cannot hit it. <laughs> it. It is. I used to sing with it every night. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd, you'd be like, you, you'd do the thing in the morning, like, oh, crap, I don't know if I have it tonight. Yep. And, and then you'd go on stage and you'd kill it uh, every night. <laughs> voices. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. It must have been frustrating that not only does he hit such a high falsetto, at the same time, a few notes before that, when he goes so beautiful, to have so much bass in his voice at the same so time. Beautiful. Yeah, just incredible. I mean, his low register was astounding. So, like, some songs like um, Anastasia, uh, some of my favorite ever vocals. But, yeah, the range that Prince had. I mean, I think Prince fans know this, but it's very – it's so unusual for somebody to have such an extraordinary vocal – and then to be such, like he was one of the best guitar players in the history of rock and roll. And then as a dancer, like I, listen, I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan, but technically Prince wiped the, the floor with Michael in terms of like his technical ability. It was, Michael is a legend and Michael had his own thing and it was like an electric eel, you know, you just watched him. But man, just, oh, even when Prince is just tapping his foot, I've never felt more white. I'm just like, <laughs> I just stand next to this man. Oh my God. So great. Did, you, did you guys ever see when he pulled uh, Kim Kardashian up on stage in LA? Oh my God. I was there at that concert. Oh my God. And he said, get off the stage. <laughs> And you know what? Just with love, like he—he's the only person in the world that you know. Like he has a right to be like, "You funky? You're not funky." <laughs> you know, that's it. Yeah. She could have at least clapped on the two and full. <laughs> exactly. She could even do that. <laughs> that's Poor what I—that's what I love about DMSR. It's so funny when you're in the audience, and then he just is like, "All oh, the white people clap your hands up," <laughs> and I'm like, "Yep." Oh, that's where I'll clap. I get it. <laughs> I love it. Some people, some people, and it's usually white white women. I don't know why, but they sometimes think he's seeing all the white people clap your hands on the floor now. Oh, man, it's just rudimentary beat. We can get you all to hit that four. Maybe we'll get you to look like you can dance. <laughs> yes, you are a prince nerd. You are such a prince nerd. I love it. Of course I am. You know, one of my favorite uh, uh, sort of like um, sort of offshoots of Prince is the Maya Rudolph uh, Princess. Oh, uh, yeah. And I went and saw them. I think I saw them maybe a week after Prince passed. And it was heavy. It was just there wasn't a dry eye in the room. And they love like they have so much love and respect for Prince and they start their show with the MSR. No, maybe they start the show with erotic city. I don't know, but it's so fucking cool. Oh, I just swore on your show. You get a swear jar. You get money in the swear jar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but they're, they're awesome. I've seen them open up with DMSR and it's really funky and they, they do the little, uh, bootleg recording version of it. They yell out hamburgers and root beer and, uh, Oh, that's so cool. Yes. You know, it's funny. Uh, so in, I'm just trying to think. So my career officially started, I guess in 94, 95, but, um, 
you know, around the time of the Black Album, you know, obviously that record was just the the holy grail. And uh, I'm ashamed to admit it, but, you know, we used to go and buy, like, bootlegs. So there was Live in Oslo that was on cassette. There was uh, a version of Crystal Ball, um, you know, all the Camille stuff. Uh, and it was so funny, like, I used to know all that stuff, like these live bootleg arrangements. But Elisa, I guess, having toured with him so much, that they changed all the time. I don't know how you guys kept up with, like, did you ever sleep? Uh, no, <laughs> we had to write it all down. But then sometimes when we would write it down and he'd refer back to what he thought he had us write down last, uh, I'd have to be the one to raise my hand to say, um, you didn't say that last. You, that was, that was two times ago. This is how you wanted us to do it this time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because you would forget, like we were just talking to Cassie about that. And it was, it was great because everybody knew he wouldn't get mad at me. Cause I don't know something about me. I guess I'm kind of like my daughter, Olivia. We have this way about us that you just can't get mad at this face. I don't know. But he never got mad at me. So I was always the one they'd look at. Everybody look at me like, tell him, tell him, tell him. And so Alisa, I said, I don't know if you remember, but um, on one of the tours that we did somewhere, we were in a, I think we might've been in like a state fair or something. And we had a guitar tech or a local technician who used to work for Prince. And this is the story he told me, but this says so much about Prince, two amazing things. Can I share it real quick? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, this guitar tech said he was working with Prince and there was a, a problem with his delay pedal. And it was, uh, it was squeaking and it was annoying him. And he got the two guitar techs up on stage. He said, well, what can you guys do about this? And the first guy said, you know what, Prince, uh, there's a hardware store just like five minutes away. I'm going to go and get some, um, some uh, oil, you know, I'm just going to oil it. And, uh, and then, uh, the other guy said, uh, oh, I'm going to, uh, like I'll, I'll replace, you know, I'll replace the pedal. And the first guy just, he, he pulled out a, a can of, I guess, WD-40 and he sprayed the pedal and it fixed it. And Prince <laughs> turned to the guy who was going to go and replace the pedal and he said, I don't need you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one, which I loved, this that same guy who was really nervous. So he was running from the front of house to the stage. You know, sometimes, I guess, I didn't know this, Lisa, but you would, Prince would set his own mix anyway and he could tell if the front of house were messing about with his mix. Oh yeah. So <laughs> he was calling someone from the front of house and this young assistant ran forward and Prince yelled something to him and he ran back to the front of house guy and he said, he said, star Wars. And the guy said, star Wars. He goes, yeah. What does that mean? Like, does that mean reverb or whatever? And he goes, no, 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 man. That just means he wants to watch star Wars on the bus. <laughs> I'm like, you need to make sure we have that DVD. <laughs> guitar solo you know and then he turns to the guy and he goes star wars the guy's like oh my god and that's it oh we've had many engineers being very terrified and we got to the point where we just didn't want to become too close to anybody because yeah. we were worried we wouldn't see them the next day <laughs> but that's okay he, he he meant well it was it was tough i mean and it was just tough it was tough to mix sound on that especially the cymbal stage because we all had in-ear monitors, but then there were monitors on the stage too, because he didn't want to wear an in-ear monitor. Um, 
so he wanted the monitors on the stage, but everywhere you went, there'd be feedback. You know, it was just impossible. <laughs> I felt bad for them. Uh, it was I tough. mean, still, still that, that tour, I mean, when, when uh, he did like 21, I don't know, he did it all over the world, but yeah, he did like 21 shows in London or something. And that was, you know, every time I've seen Prince, it's like, oh, that was the best live performance I've ever seen in my life. And I love that tour because it was the one where, um, the lights went up and all the fake fans left. And then the roadies would push this little box onto stage, which Prince was hiding in, I guess. And they push it underneath the symbol. And then the lights would go down and he would play like a 30 minute set of every number one of every number one hit just to say, you know, you know, like this is for the people who left. And then he would just play everything, just him and piano. And I was like, Oh, he's just, I love the way he teased the audience like that. Yeah. <laughs> what was funny to me, Elisa, the last night of the forum run, we're back at his place where, you know, these parties can sometimes go until five, six in the morning. He had King come out, perform first, then Nika perform. Then you were trying to sneak out. Because <laughs> if, if, you, if you didn't, he would keep performing. And if he couldn't find you, then you wouldn't do it. Did you have to do that a lot where you're just hiding? So it's like three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. So you're not there until five or six to continue to perform. Well, usually when we got the call for the after shows, we couldn't really escape. Um, the only time we could escape is in the hotel rooms. Like if he wanted to hang afterwards, I would, you know, the management would call up and say, Prince wants to go out. Prince wants to, you know, go take a drive. Prince, Because he was like a little kid, wound up. Like, he would not go to sleep. So we had to go with him to wind him down, which is why we had so many after shows, because he would just be ready to go, you know. And I'm thinking, Jesus, I, I had thyroid condition. I was, like, drinking Red Bulls. They were Then it turned into Grand Marnier and Red Bulls, and then I was getting, I'm tipsy quick. So it was bad. It was a bad scene for me. <laughs> I don't drink, but uh, I would I would like act like I was sick or I you know I needed my sleep because if I didn't sleep then I couldn't hit the high notes and so I would use that excuse a couple of times so I didn't have to go. But uh, I I remember the one party. Remember the party where um, I think it was like around the Grammys and one of his managers, I guess, forgot to send out all the invites. And so they were going to all the other Grammy parties in town. And here he had this house he was renting in Beverly Hills. He had the ice sculptures. Uh, Sinbad was there, I remember, because he was dancing with my husband. <laughs> it was like 12 people. 12. That was it. Uh... This huge party. And I was so embarrassed. And we still played till 6 in the morning. But it was like, it was crazy. I'll never forget that night because my husband was, I was like, oh my God, stop dancing with Sinbad. <laughs> Please stop dancing with Sinbad. Very, very rare when these parties, it would be only the ones where he decided to do it last minute. I remember one was after the Emmys and there was maybe about 14 of us there. And he was doing um, the cockeyed woman and he goes, I asked for the pepper and she passed the salt. And one of the people... Laughed, and now you're expecting like an entire crowd of people, you know, Prince playing to Staples Center, 20,000 people or over right. in Australia. And this one person laughing with the 14 people just made Prince bust up, which you <laughs> never have. But because it was just this one laugh, he's just like, 
you know, he's had to like get <laughs> off the mic for a minute. But oh my god, <laughs> it's just amazing to me because then he'd go the end of it. He'd go into Purple Rain, and it'd be like he's playing for twenty thousand people, not fourteen. And that right. was just ridiculousness. And those memories I always cherish. Those house parties that sometimes were over flooded, and then these ones that just had fourteen people because he decided <laughs> an hour before to do it, and then that's all that would show up. Like, hey, party of princes! All right, let's go. Yeah. Right, Dad, such Sorry. good time. Just, just had to share those. No, that's no, I'm, 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 no, I'm sitting here so, so jealous, and I was just thinking how different I am. Like that, it's so interesting to hear that about him because there was no. It sounds like there was no separation between the artist and the person. Whereas for me, it's almost like music is, uh, it's like a superhero costume that I put on and it's a place that I love to go and visit. But I really need that time to recharge and that time after a show where I, I, I go inward. And I couldn't imagine like wanting to do an after show or anything. Me personally, like, I just, and it's fascinating to hear that about him, just that, you know, I guess there's so much adrenaline and after a show and he would just use that. Um, whereas I would just need to, <laughs> just need to be in bed with a vaporizer, just <laughs> freaking out about my voice. That's, that's me. That's exactly right. That's why it's, it's <laughs> yeah, he, he was, he was definitely like an alien. I'm telling you, but you think about it. I mean, here's a man who plays every single instrument. Great who writes constantly in his head, constantly singing, constantly creating, and he just can't, he couldn't turn it off. Like, you know, once in a while he would turn it off, like we'd go to a movie and he'd sit there, but if it wasn't an interesting movie that was better than something he would write, he'd leave. You know, it, it, he was so creative. It was just, he couldn't control his, his need to just constantly be performing. Right. I'm sure even while watching the movie, he's getting ideas for another song. So right. It's like he's constantly working. He's never, Constant. he never really has an off switch. No. It must have been so boring for him to listen to just like top 40 radio. It would be like that scene in Peanuts, you know, where the teacher is just going, wop, 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 wop. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> now darren is there anything before we let you and i'd love to have you on the show again at another time but is there anything that you want to share that you weren't able to say before we let you go no man i mean i i am just uh i'm a huge fan of elisa and i'm very honored to be a part of this project nile has been wonderful zoe the string arranger on this oh my uh, god beautiful oh. Just so, did such a beautiful job. And tell them uh, how you weren't even planning on doing background vocals on the tune and how it just kind of just came out. Like, it was like from God. Like, it just came. It, it was it like really, Prince. It really was godlike. It was a strange thing because I had done a recording of this song many, many years ago. And it was a private recording, actually. And the truth is I recorded it for someone that I was in love with and ended up crashing and burning. It was a horrible relationship. But I recorded a version of it as a private gift. And when we broke up, I kind of just, I think I put it out as a bonus song or something. And um, when Niall asked me if I wanted to be involved, I think originally he said, do you still have that recording? And I said, I, I do, but I, ca I can't give it to you. Sony own it. So I had to re-sync it. And yeah. 
you know, you're hearing me, what, that's 13 years later if you compare the two versions. And uh, so I was like, well, who am I in 2017 and and whatever. So my friend Jameson uh, just recorded this beautiful uh, piano and I sang it and I didn't want any strings on there. I was very like, no, 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 this has to be so simple. Just And then um, Elisa said, listen, we have this string arranger and she's amazing. Let me just try and the, the arrangement that came back made me cry. And I just, I was just so inspired. I was like, I, 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 I have to do all this stuff. And there's, I think, I don't know, there's probably another 50 of me on that song. It's, it's just this, this sort of uh, ocean of very, you know, Prince inspired. But, you know, I, again, I, I didn't know how to do his arrangements. I just did what my ear felt worked. And um, I'm just so grateful for the whole experience. It was, it's a pleasure. And, you know, um, it's an honor. So thanks for having me. <laughs> Wait till you hear it. It's just beautiful. Well, you heard it, but it's easy. I cried. I called him up and I just was crying because it just was beautiful. I mean, I, I did too. And that's the thing of like, just not there's zero ego involved. Like, honestly, it was just ser- servitude. It was just like, let me just be a vessel for this song. Or let me not mess it up. I hate cover versions. And most people that cover Prince songs murder them. Mm-hmm. absolutely murder them and so i was just like look if i'm going to do this i have a love affair with this song it speaks yep. to me um and yeah it was just like to be i don't know like a uh, a microphone cord that connects the song to people's ears if that's all i am in the song happy to do it it was just a yeah real, real privilege so thank you yeah. well thank you yes sorry go ahead yeah. That's okay. I was just saying, and thank you for doing it because I I was scared to ask, and then you said yes right away. <laughs> it was perfect. I, first of all, I would never say no to you. Oh my god. Okay, so, on- so can I have a million dollars? Sure. Oh, the line's cracking up. Got to go, guys. What's happening? <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> all right. God bless and thanks, guys. Thanks. And Peace. now, Elisa, okay. real quick. I don't know if you're yes. still with us, but. I got to hear you do, I always ask this, a little bit of daddy pop for us. Ah, oh my God. on the spot. Yes, you are. Pop daddy, daddy pop, brother steady talking while the girl is steady hop. Pop daddy, daddy pop, punching in the rock and roll clock, talk, guitar, talk. Yes. Yes. See, you love it. And I'm. A little bit more of gotta hear this one, Love Machine. Oh, the Love Machine will turn your body out. Mm. The Love Machine will make you scream and shout. The Love Machine will take your body higher. Cause if it don't, then I know you're a liar. Don't lie. You want some love that'll make you cry. And then I can't say the rest because I'll get put another thing in the swear jar. <laughs> thank you so much, Elisa. Everyone, uh, it's called I Wish You Heaven. Look for it and, on YouTube. Go for it. And this is for all you awesome Purple fans, Purple Army, for all the love that you constantly continue to share on Facebook, on Twitter, on all the social media keeping Prince's legacy alive and well and turning him on to your kids and letting them know his music. That's all that I ask is just please pay it forward. This is our gift to you. 
And thank you so much, Dr. Funkenberry, for, for allowing us to, to be a part of the show and help us get it out there so that everybody get, gets a chance to have this gift. Thank you. I want to thank Elisa, Niall, Cassie, and Darren for joining us today. Thank you guys so much for subscribing to us on iTunes, for listening to us on Stitcher, Podbay FM. You can always donate if you feel it's for a worthy cause. If not, much love. Till next time, keep it funky. I often dream of heaven And I know that Prince is there I know that he's found Some other friends Maybe he's found the answer To all the April snow I know, I know One day we're gonna see our prince again Sometimes it snows in